Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders joining us once a week. We said it was going to happen, so he's back. Chris Carter, what's going on? What's up, boys? We back. Is, was that the – yeah. just give us a little bit of ski mash celebration the ski there? Mash action. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I always I think that's one of the cooler that. ones when guys, do, when guys do that one. I like that. That's that's my favorite right now along with the seatbelt. <laughs> the, oh, the seatbelt is the seat belt's cool. I see, because yeah. at first it was the the, the, the sword being sheathed, but now they're, they're, they're buckling in. I, I'm like, man, they, these guys are getting creative out here. Absolutely. Uh, and Alan on his afternoon drive right now, what's going on? Not too much, man. Uh, I just, you know, cleaning out my Instagram today as one does, <laughs> deleting all references to my employer. No, nothing <laughs> about football normal, there. Nothing about football day. there. Just a normal day. Yeah, I, I took uh, Steelers afternoon drive out of my bio as well as around the four one two, but I it really meant nothing. Many, until the other day, I did not follow you on Instagram, so which is like the funniest yeah. thing. Like, if, if so, someone could have written the story, is like. Drama at Steelers afternoon drive. <laughs> Alan and Smitty not follow each other on Instagram. Who's mad at who? I yeah. don't know. I just suck at Instagram. That's all. Um, but I'm glad we got that cleared up now. So if the people do go and check, that is cleared up yeah, at this point. I, like I said, I clean up. I, I clean up my you know, I cleaned up my Instagram as one does. As one does. 
I mentioned on yesterday's episode, I wanted to make it a point to start getting more questions and answering those questions from the listeners and viewers of this show. Uh, so today, Alan put out on X about doing a little Q&A, and we got a ton of great questions that we're going to dive right into. Uh, so let's start here with Spencer says, why is Darnell Washington not utilized as much in the passing game as we maybe expected he would be? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know that I expected him. Maybe the, the, the thing is the expectations. I don't really know that I expected him to be used in the passing game that much. I will say I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't been used more in the absence of Pat Fryermuth. But yeah. I didn't come into the season thinking that Darnell Washington was going to have more than, I don't know, 20 catches. I don't know. Chris, where, yeah. where are you on that? I mean, here's my thing. I didn't expect Darnell Washington to get a whole lot of catches this year because I thought Pat Frymuth was going to be healthy for most of the season. That certainly is coming to play. But I do think, even outside of expectations, man, there's so many plays. I'm like, he's open and open in, like, easy spots to reach, like over the middle, underneath. I think he could be a nice little – just like a little dump-off valve for Kenny Pickett on certain plays. If he doesn't see something, get it to him. He, he's like a running back. When he gets the ball, if he gets two steps, he's going to he's gonna fall forward. Mike Tomlin always talks about falling forward. That's a dude who's going to fall forward. And when he falls forward, he's 6'7", so he's going to fall forward a lot more than anybody else. Uh, he's he's mm-hmm. a lot bigger. I, just, I, I think there's ways to get him involved that aren't some extravagant thing. It's not some tall task. It's a, hey – we're asking you to run a simple, a simple out router. Just hit the flat here, or just you know, we're, we're shallow cross o- over the middle. So Kenny Pickett doesn't have to throw it that far to him. He doesn't have to run that complex of a route. He's just catching and running. And if he's getting five, eight yards from those, that's a win. And his two catches have been two first downs. I'm not saying that the, that anyone should have expected him to blow the top off any defense this year, but I am saying the Steelers could use him in a lot more situations, and mainly, mainly Kenny Pickett could use him in a lot more situations. I think the other thing is the one area that I really did expect them to be able to use him this year was in the red zone, and they've barely been there. And so I think that's probably part of that as well, is that if I was was Matt Canada sitting here this June, you know, building this offense and saying, all right, where am I going to use this giant tight end I got? Like, I would have been putting in a whole bunch of red zone, like a two-minute drill or or goal line kind of plays for Donnell Washington, and then that whole part of the playbook – as dust on it right now, halfway through the season. So I think that's probably coming into play here as well. Yeah, I think it was important too, Alan. You started off basically by saying maybe like the adjusted expectations before Fryermuth's injury and after, because along with you, like preseason, I remember talking about it. I was like, this guy might have like, my, I thought he'd have like 16 catches, but four would be touchdowns. You know, like he wouldn't necessarily be utilized a ton, but he would be a go-to target in the red zone. To your point, they haven't been in the red zone. So who knows uh, what that could have looked like. But um, yeah, I, it, this kind of goes along with it too, because Tyler said, why have the tight ends been abandoned within the offense? So not just Darnell Washington at this point, Pat Fryermuth wasn't utilized a whole heck of a lot even prior to his injury. Uh, obviously, Connor Hayward has kind of been the de facto tight end one. Roddy Williams on the active roster right now as well. But why have they been abandoned in the offense? That's a good question. And I, 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 they're out there. Yep. You know, And they're uh, open. I, I don't think it's the offense i think it's been a little bit of kenny pickett a little bit of you know obviously i think the focus has been especially when you're you know behind trying to get some chunk plays that they spent a lot of time playing from behind 
when you're not necessarily okay with three or four yards over the middle the way you are when you're playing from ahead or playing an even score game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're out there. I, I think that one's a little bit mysterious because, you know, we, we said like, oh, this offense that'll use the middle of the field, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look at where Pat Farmers was his first two years compared to this year in the same offense. Like it has, it, it's, it's decreased. Yeah. And, and I'm not really sure I have a good answer for that. Yeah. I, I got to say, you know, the tight ends were going to be, I thought could be a big source this year of easy yards of simple plays over the middle. And it's just gone away. And heck we even saw it in the preseason. I mean, that, that back shoulder seam pass down the middle when Kenny Pickett hit that to Pat Frymer that made it look so in rhythm and in, in, in seam. I was like, if he can do that a few times this year, it's going to open up the offense because then people are going to have to pay attention to the tight end in there. And that's going to prevent them from, from being able to double George Pickens as much from being able to double Deontay Johnson as much. And it's going to balance out the offense. The tight end position is there and again? It's not like even without Pat Fryer, with these guys aren't there on the third down play where he, where Kenny Pickett uh, tried to throw it to Allen Robinson in the end zone, and it was low because it was well that he was well guarded, and he had to kind of you know make sure it wasn't intercepted. He had Connor Hayward wide open on that play. He broke inside and broke out. Had the middle and, and in the middle part of the field, like right where you want to be able to see it, and and Kenny Pickett just didn't see Connor Hayward in that situation. I don't I don't have an answer for why he's not seeing his tight ends, but other than maybe he's still trying to process so many other things all at the same time. And it's just part of something that he's still working on. But to me, it would be an easy solution to get easy yards for the Steelers more often on the field. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the tight ends right now, uh, Connor Hayward, 14 receptions for 105 yards, Pat Fryermuth prior to his injury, eight receptions for 53 yards. Um, so yeah, 22 co- total catches there. Ronnie Williams doesn't have any, it, but and they're on the field. They're in position to make plays. So it's one of those things. I appreciate the question. Just, don't have an answer to it really because like there's plays there to be made for those guys. Yeah. So um, JB has a two-parter here. Uh, the first one is specifically just it. for Chris. Don't you do it. Uh, you want me to only ask the second? No, I got no, no, you can ask the first one, but I know, I know JB and he knows what he's, he know he's wrong with this question. Yeah. Ask Chris, Captain America or Cyclops. So we'll okay. let him answer that one and then we'll get into part two. Okay, we, first we only, all, this is only a 30-minute podcast. Just just <laughs> for first of all, he knows whenever he talks about Captain America, he's talking about the non-Steve Rogers Captain Americas out there in the world. If I'm taking one, I'm taking Cyclops because he's he, he, he's got a lot crazier things with his eye beam. So there, there you go. Johnny, I hope you're happy. Don't ever ask me that question again. Uh, he just needed it on. He, he's probably asked you that for locked on though too. Like he's probably got you on camera saying that before. Oh, he he and, hasn't asked me that specific question. He's asked me to justify okay. my fandom of Captain America's. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Well, okay. His second part of this, and not at all going along with it. If Jones eh. plays well the rest of the year, what do you do with the tackle situation going forward? Move him back to left, or or, dra- or draft a right tackle, or keep him at right, and maybe continue to have Dan Moore or look to upgrade somewhere else there. I'm putting him. I'm putting him at left. Or and you know what? I might even draft a guy or sign a guy and bring him because I don't think Chooks is here next year. I, I you know even if right. even if, if even if 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 this doghouse situation hadn't happened, Chooks is going to cost this team eleven million dollars next year. He ain't playing at that level. They're gonna they're they're gonna find a way to get rid of that money, whether it's cutting, trading, whatever they got to do, and then. 
they're going to find another guy at right tackle, or maybe that is Broderick Jones. But they drafted Broderick Jones to be a left tackle. I think he has the traits to traits to get there right now. I think that you know, Mike Tomlin when asked about you know if you know how much better uh, Broderick, excuse me, Dan Moore is at, at better at left tackle than right, and he said significantly better. And I think that that was an interesting indication that maybe they've been trying to get Dan Moore over at right, and it just hasn't worked. I think they want to put Broderick at left. And they want someone at the right tackle position who can not give up pressures, but also be as aggressive and athletic in the run game. I do see them reinvesting in the tackle position in this offseason, as well as the center position. Yeah, I think I'll answer the question by saying it depends, right? I think there's going to be three guys that are, I don't think Jukes will be back. I do think that Dan Moore will be on the team next year. Yes. And I do not think they will be, willing to stand pat with Dan Moore as their starting left tackle. That's the whole reason they drafted Broderick Jones in the first place, is they did not want to stand pat with Dan Moore as their left tackle. Now, if it turns out that those two guys are going to play the, the way they are right now, Moore on the left and Broderick Jones on the right, that's fine. Um, and I think that's okay for Broderick Jones to be a right tackle. But it's still not okay for the left tackle spot. So I think that the, it depends is what can they get? Um, they will now be in a position where if they can add another tackle, either in free agency or in the draft, they will sort of have the luxury of a guy that looks more like a left tackle or a guy that looks more like a right tackle. And it doesn't really matter because it seems that Broderick Jones can play either. And I don't think there's a problem with him being the right tackle, like Smitty and I talked about yesterday, as long as there's quality on the left as well. I think it only hurts you playing him on the right side if if you have a guy that you're not happy with on the left. And so mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to add another tackle. I think it will be quality. I'm talking about you know not a scrappy free agent signing or not a low draft pick. I think it will be another quality tackle addition. And wherever that guy looks better, they will probably play Broder Jones in the other place. Yeah, and Chris, I wanted to see what you thought about this because yesterday we kind of were talking about the same thing, and I mentioned, you know, the name Tristan Wirfs, the guy that was drafted kind of around the same spots uh, mm-hmm. that Brock Jones was and played the first two years of his career on the right side too and then made the switch over to left tackle. So, like, this audition basically that they have right now for what could potentially be their tackle duo, like, what if Dan Moore does ball out the rest of the year and he's really good over at left tackle and that's the duo that they decide to go into next season with as their left and right tackle? Um, but obviously Dan Moore maybe not like, – long-term solution and then eventually Broderick Jones slides over there like do you think that it's like would you hit the panic button right away if Broderick Jones isn't even the left tackle next year not at all I I think that's very reasonable look as Mike Tomlin says I like guys who do multiples as you know in in all talking about versatility I think that he I think that the Steelers are going to welcome Broderick Jones at right tackle as a temporary thing if he's if Dan Moore Jr. is their top left tackle and he's performing well there and they think that's the way how to balance this line but I also don't think they're going to lose sight of they want Broderick Jones and his athleticism and his measurables on the left side to protect Kenny Pickett's blind side and open that up I think the Steelers aren't against finding better matchups for themselves and trying and trying to make those plays happen i think that they're very much for being open to being flexible but i think also this season is also testing broderick jones just how flexible can you be Mm -hmm. you know how well you can can you move around you know we talked to kevin dotson for years about switching from left to right guard and right to left guard and all the things there and the the challenges that that were broderick jones is making left left to right tackle look not that not that hard of a transition for him right now and sure there's things he can clean up there's things he can get better at but 
he's been pretty solid. And I, I think that when a guy shows you that he can do that, it's a really good sign for your future. Yeah, absolutely. And and we can kind of parlay that into this next one. Um, my guy schoolhouse rocks with two X's. Uh, for first two rounds of the draft. I love that we're talking about the draft in November here. First yep. two rounds of the draft, if it was right now, what two positions you teeing in on? Ooh, center and I always try to keep up with player availability and who sure. you know who's comes yeah. open I'm always oh I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy that like if I see a guy that I really like and he's fallen to a place where you can't just say no to him I, I still take him even if he's not directly a need but I, if I was to pick two I'd say center and corner that's fair I think first two rounds, I would say tackle and corner again. Is that crazy? Like, I don't think it's crazy. I don't yeah, think it is. I mean, we could probably have center. They probably need a center more. I just feel like center is more of like a late second to third round position, even if you're talking about one of the top guys. I could see a center in the second round. Um, but man, like, I think I'd rather have a tackle. I think I'd go tackle corner again. I really do. If, if the tackle's right there, like if that one tackle from Notre Dame is, is in play, oh, absolutely. I don't think he'll fall nearly far enough for the Steelers to get him. Uh, but oh. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Fashanu from Penn State uh, up awesome. there as well at the top of this uh, tackle class. But, yeah, I mean, I, look, I think it's a fair class at those positions too. Like I don't think that's crazy that you think you could get uh, – it's not as deep in corner as it was last year, but we'll see how – Maybe we'll see how uh, things progress throughout the season. Maybe they got something in Darius Rush that they feel confident enough in combined mm-hmm. with the veteran guys they have. Levi Wallace is a free agent, uh, but it looks like Patrick Peterson is going to be back. Maybe they feel like they have enough in Rush uh, to have something there. They wouldn't feel like they need to use a first-round pick on a corner. But I don't know. I don't hate – like, I, I'm, a, I'm big on positional value. I think you got to take – I think you got to take the big, the big heavy hitters early – that's to me. That's quarterback, defensive tackle, edge rusher, offensive tackle, corner, wide receiver. Like th- those are the ones you got to take in the first round. And I think of that list, you know, th- those two spots are probably the places where the Steelers have the biggest needs. Well, I was just say like it's probably a shorter list to say what's not on the table for them, right? Like that wouldn't make any sense to take early in this draft. Well, I mean, outside of those positions that I just named, that I would not take in the first round pretty much ever unless like they're picking 30th or something um i think i I think quarterback doesn't make a lot of sense i think defensive tackle probably doesn't make a lot of sense i want to check in with cam hayward about where he's at in terms of right how long he wants to be doing this but um that seems like a luxury pick at this point and not so much a need um Edge rusher, obviously, leave that position alone for a while. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, quite, quite running good. back. Running but back, I mean, I like, we haven't I'm touched on safety back. at all. We're and in off, think, well, off the linebacker. I don't, I don't, safety's not really a first round pick position for me either. Neither is linebacker, off ball linebacker. I think those mm-hmm. guys should come later. I also you gotta feel be, pretty you gotta good. be elite at those positions to get that pick. And I feel pretty good about their guys there. Like, I don't, it isn't. I don't, th- I don't see an urgent need at those positions to want to go reaching for one the way they have in previous years. 
I don't know. Say the Steelers are picking at like 20 and there's an off-ball linebacker in Michigan that you can trade up to 10 to get. You don't want to do that again? No. No. Okay. No, <laughs> um, all right. Next we got. I'll take Michigan oh, center the- to go all the way back to the to the, to the beginning go. of the right. conversation. Uh, Nugent is his name. He's, he's quite mm-hmm. good. I'm not, I think he might be an underclassman, so I'm not sure he's going to come out, but he's, uh, he's a good prospect. We got another two-parter here. Actually, okay. and the first one is also just for Chris. Uh, ask Chris how many celebrities he gets compared to Which on a daily basis. Yeah. Whose podcast is it? It's mine. I came and I took it over. You're about to you're about to get locked out if these questions keep going. Uh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, how many celebrities? At least two a day. Man, you look like Jerome. I got it. I got this. Man, you look just like Jerome Bettis. You look just like Cam Hayward, Aaron Donald. I, I tell this story to people a lot of times. You know, I, I what I noticed was I always got compared to light skinned guys with beards, as does Cam Hayward. If you're light skinned with a beard and you have a low cut, you get you you just look like everyone else that has that same exact haircut. And for years, when I was in college and just out of college, I was a lot skinnier than I am now. And a lot of people would say, man, you look, you look Drake, Drizzy. I literally had a man in Vegas one time spin me around like while gripping my shoulders thinking that he was talking to Drake. And this was Drake in his prime, too. So I was, he was like, Drake, it's you. And I was like, it's, it's not. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. You look just like him, though. And I was like, I don't. But anyways, so for years, I got Drake. I, I like when I moved back to Pittsburgh, I would get my hair cut. And the kids would be like, you look just like Drake. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one time, I put on some pounds at this point. I'm covering the Whippeal Championships at, at Heinz Field. And I'm a sideline reporter. I'm running around for Channel 11. And I hear these high school kids that are in the first row being like, yo, he looks like that one rapper. I'm like, I'm turning like they're about to say I look like Drake. And they said, nah, he looks like DJ Khaled. I was like, who said that? (laughs) Who said that? Which one of you little snots? I'm coming to get you. Like, I was so mad. I was like, damn, they right, though. I have I I look a lot more like DJ Khaled these days. (laughs) You know who does look like Drake? I saw the other day a picture of a young James Franklin. And you know, you're not Franklin wrong. Definitely does look like Drake. And also, James Franklin with hair is kind of disturbing. I bring this up because Joe Smeltzer, our Penn State reporter at Indy Sports Now, was, was doing QA and he had a question that somebody asked him to ask James Franklin why he's bald, which I'm like, that's not a thing. And but I was just making fun of Joe, like, well, you gotta ask him now. Like, come on, you can't you can't let that slide. Uh, but I did want to see when James Franklin became bald, and uh, it was sometime while he was at Vanderbilt. But anyway, I, f- I found a, a young James Franklin picture from his time as a college quarterback at East Stroudsburg, I think. And, uh, yeah, definitely has a bit of a drink vibe to him. So there you go. Grizzy. All right. Um Okay, well, this the same person. This is Joel, by the way. Uh, this kind of goes along with the last thing we answered, but this it includes free agency. What is the Steelers' biggest draft free agent need, if it were right now? I think we kind of covered that. I don't know. Basically, all the things that we said. I mean, look, this, this team... This team needs outside cornerback. It needs cornerback help, period, right now. If, if, if they want to become an elite team, they need better corner play. They need better center play. They need two, they, they, they need they need another star power player on the offensive line. Another 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 pillar player on that group to carry yeah. it with Broderick Jones. I, I have full confidence that Broderick Jones is on track to be well, that, that guy. Let me spin this question then and say, sure. is there a position that they need right now that you wouldn't feel comfortable, even if it was a highly drafted rookie, putting them in? Like you would rather invest that in free agency. 
just make it a little different. Oh, like what would be a what, where would I want to look specifically in free agency? Oh, okay. um, yeah, sure, yeah, because like maybe in the draft, like you hope that if you're taking a guy in the first or second round, they're, they're going to be able to play early. But like, where can the Steelers not afford to miss? Hmm. And get a vet. Yeah, that's like their re- the, the the maybe the best credit I can give to Omar Khan is that I'm not sure there is one of those spots. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the whole team is back. Levi and Chooks, if they cut him, and mm-hmm. that's kind of it. Like I, I don't know. I I would say the one area where you you I feel like they are kind of prime for that kind of upgrade is wide receiver. Like Allen Robinson has like a ten million dollar salary next year. I assume yeah. that's going away. Mm-hmm. Um, now he would probably come back for less than that, but like that's a position where I feel like you could go a different direction and bring in a veteran guy, um, and, and maybe would help the team a little bit. But they could certainly go young there too. I don't think it would need to be a vet. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure there is one. Yeah, I mean. I mean, technically, like Mason Cole is a vet, but like you know, if they if they could find a veteran who could come in and do like kind of like Jeff Harding's did back in the mid two thousands, that's a very rare thing to find in in the in the free agency market. But if you could find that, great. Sure. Um, I think, I think maybe cornerback because you have a young guy in Joey Porter Jr. You have two younger guys that I expect to be keep kept around and to be given shots at getting playing time in uh, Corey Trice and Darius Rush. Maybe you could use uh, a guy that that's that's in his prime. I'm like, like Patrick Peterson, if he's still around, great, fine. You can move him around and let him be a chess piece. But I think they could use an athletic corner who is a veteran who can help set the tone with Joey Porter Jr. And then if the if the younger guys come up with that come up you know and Corey Trice and Darius Rush are really good great that's a good problem to have but maybe having a veteran who can use his experience to help win more matchups maybe that could be the answer that that, that the Steelers really need uh, to boost to boost that group. Let me ask yeah. you this, Chris: For the last sure. five or six years, the Steelers have restocked their cornerback position almost exclusively through free agency because for the previous five or six years. They mostly tried and failed to draft them. Does this class with Joey Porter Jr. looking like, at the very least, a good starter, if not more than that, and being able to identify and get a hold of Corey Trice late in the draft and Darius Rush after the draft, does that change your feeling at all about the Steelers drafting a cornerback highly and their ability to correctly identify a good corner and develop one properly. I mean, I, I said this for years. I think the Steelers were just in, you know, th- their main miss was Artie Burns. You know, they, 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 they were hoping for William Jackson. The third didn't work out. They went and got Artie. He, he didn't turn out well for them. Sanquez Golson, I feel like is kind of a rough one on anyone. Cause he just, he never played. You, you didn't know that that guy was going to be too Justin injured. Lane to play. In that group too, probably J- Justin Lane, you know, third round miss there uh, as far as a corner. So like you could put him there, Curtis Brown, if you want to take it way back, you know, like got guys like that, like, you know, okay. But 
I think when the Steelers, they know what real cornerback talent looks like. It's just that for years, I think they were focusing on other positions and stacking them up against each other. Oftentimes, if they had a, an, an either or situation between one prospect and another prospect and a cornerback, they were taking the other prospects for a while. And I think that what they're doing now is they're making sure that they get those top corners when they can. And, uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr. led the way. Corey Trice is more of like a, hey, can't believe that guy's still around. Let's let's just let's just see what he's what he's got. What he got when you bring him to camp. Um, I, I do think that there's, that they're doing a better job there, but I also think that that, that was also a temporary thing because of just where they were and they, 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 they took a, they took a couple shots and they missed in the, in the 2010s there. But, you know, before that, that was the same front office, Kevin Colbert and then, and it ran it then when they got Ike Taylor and they made sure to keep around to shade Townsend and guys like that. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that was kind of just highlighted because the Steelers had bad cornerbacks for a while and they were trying to fix other things with the draft. But I think now what you're seeing is it's if they, if they had spent more picks on on that position, they eventually would have been hitting a lot sooner. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I just feel like they weren't throwing that many darts at the position anyways to have like a large body of work to say, fail, fail, fail. fail." Like they had a bunch of bust guys, which you could say, I mean, if you want to be like cynical about it, maybe they self-evaluating, they knew that they really weren't that good at scouting the position and would rather look at free agency or two, that's just, they were building through the pass rush and understanding that, you know, baseline corner play they could get away with. And that's just how they were building their defense. I don't know. Well, also halfway through that process, they got pretty lucky when Joe Hayden fell into their lap. Yeah. Yes. All of a sudden it wasn't urgent that right. they spent more resources on a corner because the Browns just gift wrapped one for them. Right. Um, I do this. So let's get back to the O-line play. Cause this person, uh, Eric, when will we see the O-line gel? Hmm. Hmm. I think you got to have more than one game where you're starting the same five for that to happen. Sure. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Um, I thought you started to see some of it. I think they've been pass blocking. Pass blocking is always going to be, by its nature, inconsistent. Like the, the you're not going to consistently get beat by any one thing, either schematically or or personnel wise. Like it's always just going to be here, there, and everywhere. I feel like where you really think about consistency from an offensive line play is run blocking. I thought we started to see that last week. I think the the opportunity is there for them to show that they have gelled in some run blocking this week, but. They've got to do it, but I, I think that opportunity is there, and I think Broder Jones is is a part of that. Yeah, I, I think that I think that it just takes time for this group to come together. I think that um, Broder Jones needs to be on the field for it. They 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 need they need some some athleticism. He he clearly brings a boost to this group. I I think that these are the weeks that coming up here that you got a stretch for the Steelers for a chance for them to start to build some. Uh, some momentum in just finding success. And, and, you know, one thing I asked Najee Harris was if he feels like they're building on things that are becoming routine. I also asked Kenny Pickett that, and both of them agreed that, yeah, they're, they're, they're finding more things that they know if they call in most situations against most teams, they're going to find answers. Uh, But, you know, of, of the next four weeks, this next month here going into December, you got the Packers, a defense that's not all that great, and that a chance to build up there. The Bengals are t- have been tough for this tough this year, and I think their defense has remained stout, so that they're going to be a challenge. But after that, you get the Cardinals and the Patriots before you go on the road to the Colts. But three out of your next four games, those are defenses I think the Steelers can try to take advantage of and try to and try to move around, build, gel, come together, coalesce, whatever words you want to use. 
I think that this is their chance to show it so that they can finish when they get into that final month of the season, Colt at the Colts against the Bengals at the Seahawks at the Ravens that that their if their offensive line is gelled by then, I think that they put themselves in a really really good position to finish strong on this season. Yeah, like short term, I I and that's the thing. It's like are you looking at short term or long term here because short term like if it's going to happen, it's going to be this group of 5 right now that I think that you see going forward. But if you're talking about like a season to season thing, the problem with that is like the turnover that you could see. And I'm not suggesting that you keep the same five together because I think there still is a void of talent that could be upgraded upon when you look at center and one of those tackle spots. But there is something to the same group of five being able to continue to play together and gain continuity. So that's where the conversation is. Is this about gelling for the rest of 2023 or you mean like long term finding a solution for the offensive line? I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe they're just giving right. Dr. Scholl's insults and they're going to be jelling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Are you jelling? Yeah. I'm jelling. If, if, if I had Yoshi on this podcast, he would be bonking you right now. I need to upload that video to be able to use yeah, it on here. Yeah, right just, 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 just have it ready to go. So I'm, we not, I'm not sure I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I do think that part of it's just this year. They just need to gel this year and figure some things mm-hmm. out. Uh, yep. Moving forward, but I think they have they have pieces on the on the line right now that can be pieces for the future. I think James Daniels can I be one of those pieces. I think uh, Roderick Jones is one of those pieces. I don't know how much longer Isaac Samalu plans to be in the NFL. If he can be here another be with the Steelers another three years or, or another two years, that's fine. Um, I think that 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 that's good there. But but you got Daniels, you got Jones. If Dan Moore Jr. can round out, great. That that yeah, that'd be nice to have. But I do think that uh. As far as right now, they can come together within this next month and then finish strong on the season. And that'll be good. But as far as long term, they've got they've yeah. still got some investments to make. I think that they need there's I don't think there's been a a good Steelers team that is that is no there's never been a, a, a Steelers team that's made a Super Bowl and had a bad center. Well, no, I take that back. 2008 did. Um, but outside of that one year. The, the Steelers have had. I mean, the Steelers centers. haven't had a bad center since like 1959. <laughs> that's, had, it. I mean, it was, well, that's my point. It's it all Mansfield, and then it was uh, Mike Webster, and then it was Dirt Dawson, and then it was Jeff Harding, and then there was three years of Justin Hartwig, and then it was Pouncey. Like, yeah, it's a, her 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 wig is, is is your is your one break there. But like, but that's my point is that I think that's been a, a crux of what's made the Steelers who they've been in the past several decades and the night you, you, you just knew when you had Dermani Dawson on, on, on the field, he was, you weren't coming up his, ang- up his lane. And if he pulled and he was hitting you and he was running out in space, good luck to anybody that he put his hands on because he was going to crush you. Marquise Pouncey was, you know, a perennial pro bowler was always in that conversation was one of the best centers in football for, for a decade. Uh, and then, like you said, Mike Webster, one of the greatest football players of all time there. So uh, like, like right there is tough. And Jeff Hardy was a huge fill in for the 2000 Steelers. When he, when he came in, I think the Steelers need to have not just a decent center who sometimes has good weeks, sometimes has bad ones, but a knockout center who is just very, very good. By the way, yep. at that position, Old Ranger, Iron Mike, and Dirt might be the best one-team nickname combination at one yeah. position anywhere. I like that's the Old Ranger, Iron Mike, and Dirt. That you're not going to find me one team with one position group 
with three guys, two of the three in the Hall of Fame. Raymond Mansfield just won the Steelers uh, Hall of Honor this year. Um, that's that's as good as it gets, right there. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bouncy never had a good nickname, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we do have a couple more. We need, we'll try better, to get these quick. We need more and better. We have we have entered an era of bad nicknames. We need more good nicknames. I agree. Nicknames. We we need more yeah, good, we need more good nicknames. When we get Van Pran or Zach Frazier in here, yeah, we need them having a nickname right off the bat in order for them to succeed here. Um we need let's get through some of these pretty quick. The one question, will we see Ant Mac against the Packers? What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. He's he's healthy, they'll play him. Okay. Um, has Minka been working on the side at all? Tomlin didn't seem too confident when mentioning him. In my opinion, we should wait until those AFC North games back to back with the Browns and Bengals. Well, we aren't allowed to say if we saw Minka on the side, right? So I saw him in sweats at the beginning of practice. I can say that. Yeah, yeah, during it during the availability period, during the, the, the pictures yeah. period that is that is allowed to be recorded. That is all we can say. Steel- probably is out. I don't know. It probably is. Uh, yeah, I think Steelers guy was probably just trying to get you guys in trouble. That's probably yeah. what the question was about. Stop it, Steelers guy. We're, we're, we, we like our job. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I do not practice. Okay. Um, all right. And then the last one here, linebacker depth after Cole Holcomb injury beyond top three. Yeah, Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson. Is that enough? How often can practice squad guys especially linebackers be called up for games are we viewing keanu neal kind of as a fourth linebacker at this point no three times not yet but when minka comes back nice I I like did that. i'm actually really surprised that they did not sign someone at linebacker i thought we would have seen transactions across the wire the last two days something a running back probably because they have four and signing a linebacker off somebody else's practice squad that's kind of been their MO. There's a couple good ones out there. I don't think that's enough depth. Maybe you can get through it because you have guys like Keanu Neal and Miles Killebrew, who are safeties that have played linebacker, and the ability to play three edge rushers. You can play Nick Herbig off the ball. Like They have some flexibility with the rest of their guys, but no, I don't think three is enough. And the, the practice squad guys, Michael Flowers and Tariq Carpenter, they can come up for three games each before they have to stick on the 53. Chris, any additional thoughts on those? As far, I guess more so the Neil part of that. Like, could you see him filling some linebacker role? Uh, on the Neil part, I think Neil is going to keep doing what he's doing. I, I don't think it's going to be any 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 like crazy switch in position. I think they might ask him to line up in a couple more spots here and there, but it's not like he's going to be you know, an actual linebacker. He's going to be a safety. He's helping uh, the linebackers at certain spots here. But I think, I think maybe they, they make a signing eventually if they can try to bring in another, you know, older pair of legs that knows the NFL and can, can play there. That might be the move. But um, I think that their, their top two guys are pretty good right now that they still have left. Um, and I think that they could still, you know, maybe try to figure something out there as far as, you know, how Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson wants to come up. But again, Linebacker would be a concern, but I'm with Allen. I'm not sure I'm taking that in the first round unless it's like some superstar. If, if I know I'm getting like a Ryan Jazier type of player, sure. But that's why we haven't seen too many other Ryan Jaziers. The other thing I'll say about linebacker is I really like the dime package they rolled out with Darius Rush as the fourth corner. 
And mm-hmm. so if you're worried about overloading those linebackers, just only play one of them and play more down the nickel. I'm, I think I'm okay yeah. with that. Yep. And we're going to see Quan wearing the green dot going forward as well, just to add that in there about the outside linebacker or the inside linebacker group. Uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Chris, tell the people where they can find you and get all your work. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find me on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers, again, on your favorite podcasting app on YouTube, just like you find this show. Bam. Alan? I'm at Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is mostly just pictures of my dog anyway, and clearly I'm not any good at it. Uh, find my work at SteelersNow.com, at PGH Steelers Now on all social media platforms and someone else does that Instagram. So it's actually good. Uh, check that out. Yeah. They get, they get creative with the the captions and the, the headlines and stuff that they put on there. So I figured it was somebody else. Uh, but I am Zachary Smith, PGH on everything for myself, for Christopher Carter, for Alan Saunders. Thanks for jumping in take another ride with us on the Steelers afternoon drive. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>